Stockholm, Sweden is the home of husband and wife duo Anita and Ben Tatlow, who are salt of the sound. Good to have you both on The Antidote. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Well, since you're both here for this talk, how about giving us the uh, juicy supermarket tabloid version of how you two met? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, So we met at university, uh, which was eight years ago now. And uh, we went to university in England, in Nottingham. Um, We both did music degrees and we met in, strangely, a course called Music and Violence. (laughs) Kind of like the most bizarre way to meet. It's not really very romantic. It was a great course. It was uh, about like violence in films and how music is used to depict that. So uh, that's where we met, in a Music and Violence course. (laughs) (laughs) I never would have thought about having a course like that. Yeah, it's uh, kind of crazy. But yeah, we had some really fun lecturers at uni. So. <laughs> okay, so having violence in film based yeah. on a soundtrack, that I can see. You guys are the polar opposite. <laughs> yeah, it came from that. <laughs> so when you were in a university class like that, did you ever imagine yourselves creating this type of music? I'm not sure we really had a had a vision for it at the time. We'd both dabbled in writing music uh, separately uh, beforehand. Uh, I'd written quite a bit of electronic music, and Anita um, was quite involved in in leading worship in different churches. Um, and then when we kind of met and and started, um, you know, our relationship together, we quickly found that we were pretty compatible in terms of our uh, music making and took maybe four or five years really before we we decided right we're going to go for this and in a bigger way and um, we sat down we came up with a name for salt of the sound and the kind of style of music that we we wanted to pursue um, and it happened pretty naturally but it, it took a while for that to happen and give us the background then on the name salt of the sound yeah so the name comes from a kind of host of different sources. We were trying to come up with a name that really depicts what it is that we're doing. So we want to create music, Christian music, but we want it to be accessible to everybody, and and much of it is, we feel. Uh, But the name comes from a verse in the Bible, which is, you are the salt of the earth. So we thought, okay, with our music, we want to spread kind of God's love through what we are singing about and what we write So that's where it comes from. So we're salt of the sound. Your music has been called reflective, but I find that sort of a vague description. What does it really mean to you? I think for me, uh, reflective at least tries to encompass uh, the notion that the music helps people um, think think about life, think about their own situations, and maybe poses some questions speaking into people's lives. Um, we, we find ourselves and I think people have also kind of fed this back to us that it's good music to have on in the background uh, to work to, to study to um, even you know in times of prayer and things like that people have used it so yeah I think reflective in some small way sums that up um, but if you have a better term for it we would love to hear it <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that insightful but thanks for asking Okay, well, give us a comparison between your music being referred to as reflective. How different is that from worship music? Um, I think some of our music 
really isn't about the kind of song progression. You know, when you have worship music, it has a, a formula in many ways, a verse, chorus, maybe a bridge. Uh, but our music, we, we try and kind of allow the song to, what's the word, evolve mm. as it happens. And sometimes that means that there's just a refrain that's repeated to really allow you to focus in on just a few words. Sometimes we there are no words at all and the, the song is just inspired by a situation or a, a, a phrase. So we try and maybe go away from the traditional songwriting mold in how we create music. And how accepting do you find people are of that since it is non-traditional? People have been really accepting of it. It's, it's actually quite difficult to describe it um, to people. Mm -hmm. So when you describe it to people, they, maybe you say, oh, it's electronic, but it's Christian and it's pretty chilled out. Um, and people are like, oh, okay, interesting. And then you play it to them or they listen to it on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. And they're like, oh, I, I get this. I understand how, how this music is and how I might use it. So I don't know. I think we need to get better at being able to describe it. Yeah, and I think it's not always something that people are searching for. People are searching for kind of new music, but because it doesn't come under a specific genre, it's not singer-songwriter, it's not like country, it's not gospel. So it's kind of where does it fit in? <laughs> um, and so it can be, I think, also harder for people to find out about it. At the response we've had, when people do find out about it, they're pleasantly surprised. We hope they're pleasantly surprised <laughs> with what they hear. Even when you were describing it there as electronic, I mean, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is you're thinking about a dance track. Exactly. <laughs> Far from that. Yeah. Right. I mean, your music's got this really dreamy, mellow tone. Yeah. You got to admit to me, though, is that the kind of music you're playing in the car when you're out on a long drive? Actually, we, we do often listen to similar kinds of music. Um, there's not... A whole load that we've found that we kind of really connect with. There's a, there's a few bands who we do listen to time and again. There's a, there's a band called, uh, or an individual called Corinthia, um, who writes kind of pretty, again, pretty chilled out instrumental music, also a Christian. And then some of Audrey Assad's um, songs are, are equally, I would say, reflective. Well, we listen to a whole range of different genres of music as well. Uh, but I think more so since we've been writing this type of music, we've kind of had a look intentionally for what else is out there. And I think you'd be surprised by uh, how many people are writing kind of really interesting Christian music, interesting instrumental Christian music as well, which is quite cool. It is cool. And it's something that's developing more and more. You found over the years it was very structured how most of the Christian music was being put out. But nowadays, there's a lot more flexibility in what people are doing, and I guess also what's being accepted. Definitely, and I think that the nature of the industry, and there are so many more independent artists out there, and it's so, so much easier to be an independent artist. I think it allows for creativity, and it's not being kind of uh, dominated by what record labels want you to hear, but people are choosing what they want to hear and finding out about more music. So from an artist's point of view, like, it's fantastic. And of course, still nobody's making any money doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So we don't just do Salt of the Sound. We we are freelance musicians as well, yeah, to make make it all work. <laughs> but there's another part of that too, because I understand that you both lead the music ministries at Emmanuel International Church in Stockholm. Yeah. That church has got a really unusual flavor. Yeah, it's um, we have, I think, over 70 different nationalities make up our congregation of uh, around 350 people. Uh, it's just a fantastic culmination of culture and uh, different traditions coming together and from all kinds of denominations. So it just really kind of challenges what I think even what I knew as as a church from coming from England, when you're in a country that uh, doesn't speak English as its first language and you're brought together in this English-speaking church and the people you meet are just incredible and from such different walks of life. And it just is so enriching as an experience. That's interesting because so many churches struggle over very minor issues but you find with all that diversity that everybody's able to draw together into one accord. Right. And I think because of the diversity and because of people's different backgrounds, it just focuses the the worship experience and the messages on the essentials of the Christian faith. And I think that's really helpful. To get on to talking about your own music, the two of you are Christians, obviously. And the music of Salt of the Sound has very Christ-focused lyrics. But how important is it to bring that faith aspect into your music? That's a really good question. I think for us, being Christian is a huge part of who we are. Uh, I think I speak for both of us when I say that. And so I think any artist would say that they give so much of themselves into the music they create and the art they create. Uh, And so for us, because that's a hugely important part of our lives. It's really important that we are not shying away from that. And it can be so easy to do that in this world and kind of shy away from uh, faith. So I think if that comes through in the music, I'm pleased about that. But wouldn't it even just be easier to create music that was just simply fun and entertaining? I think in some respects, yes. Um, in other respects, I think our Christian faith, and, and Anita would probably speak to this better than I, Anita writes a, the, the songs on the piano with, and then the, the lyrics and the melodies. And um, a lot of that inspiration is from her Christian faith and from, from our shared experiences um, around that. And I think without that, it would be harder to come up with the inspiration behind the songs. Ben and Anita, you two have produced a lot of music in just a few years. So this is sort of a two-part question, I guess. Where do you find the time, and where does all that inspiration come from? Okay, so um, we started writing music uh, when we were living in London. Uh, We both had full-time jobs, and London is a really hectic place to live and work. Really fun, but really hectic. Uh, And... We were kind of using our evenings and our weekends to write and we produced our first album because Ben does all the production side of things as well. And then we just kind of felt really that we should be spending more time doing this. We felt that we were having a good response from people, even though it was a small response. Uh, And so we decided to dedicate more time to this. 
Uh, our answer to this was to move to Sweden, uh, which seems a little bit crazy. So we did. So we kind of decided with three months' notice that we would up and move to Sweden. <laughs> but it's not so crazy when you realize Ben's family live here. Now it's great because we work part-time. Uh, so like 50% of our time is kind of working for the church. And then we have 50% of our time to do our own freelance work. And a large part of it is the salt of the sound. Uh, so yeah, that's where we find the time. I think the inspiration comes from all around us. Um, often, And it's different for each, uh, each song, each album or EP. The, the album we, we wrote first, Journeys, a lot of the inspiration for that was actually the process of thinking, where is our life going? What, is a, what do we want our focuses to be? Um, and that journey through um, making a decision to focus more on, on music, um, to move away from working in um, you know, different jobs, marketing, I was working in Anita was working as a teacher, and to, to focus on, on music and our, and our faith a little bit more. Um, and then the subsequent releases have all had slightly different themes, um, but I guess an overriding inspiration has been um, what we feel kind of God's call has been on our life, and also just trying to figure out um, different situations uh, that have come up um, through our move here to Sweden, but also through other life situations. Um, so that's a little bit of a vague answer, but hopefully it gives you a bit of a sense of <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, nature is a huge inspiration for us. And being in Sweden, outdoors, you've got the woods, you've got so many lakes. Uh, the Swedes are very proud of their lakes, mm. so <laughs> they have thousands of them. Um, it is inspiring to kind of be outside and just taking in your surroundings. And I think in much of the music, well, we try and depict some of the nature sounds like there's a track called even the wind and the waves obey him ben tried to recreate kind of the sound of waves if you can using synthesizers and electronic instruments so yeah nature for sure is, is a big influence talking about all of the music that you're producing the day that we're recording this you've just released a brand new ep from the steepest slopes yeah can you tell us a bit about it Sure. Um, so every year we try to, to release uh, kind of a full length album and then maybe one or two singles or, or shorter EPs. Um, so this is the first release we've, we've done this year. Uh, it comes up about four, four months after we released an album, uh, Echoes of Wonder. And we tried to take um, what we felt worked best with Echoes of Wonder and just condense it and, and move it even further forward in, in a direction that we feel really comfortable with. Um, it's, it's quite an Easter-themed EP, reflecting on the, the message of hope uh, that we feel is just so prevalent in Easter. Uh, the first track, Made Away, um, speaks to that a lot. And then uh, the second track is, a, is an instrumental track, which bridges through um, to a cover of a, a pretty traditional hymn called Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross. Um, and then that kind of closes it out. So I, I think in, in some ways it's, it's very reflective of the different types of music that we write, the first track being a song, the second one being really just an instrumental, and the third one being um, a cover or, or kind of more Christian and focused. Your previous release, Echoes of Wonder, was really quite interesting too. I enjoyed the mix between instrumentals you know, and tracks with vocals. Got a couple of interesting songs on it. 
you did a remix of Dwell Among Us. Yeah. What was it that you wanted to change from the original to this version? Um, that's, that is a good question. It, it's almost that it has become a little bit of a tradition to use a track that we've used before and then on a, on a subsequent release, just kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, we were really happy with the original of Dwell Among Us, but there were still some things that we felt, right, does this fit with the overall flow of the album? And we felt to kind of close out um, Echoes of Wonder that we wanted to have, I guess, a little bit more impact, um, a little bit uh, more in keeping with the sounds that we've used uh, throughout the album. I mean, it's not a, it's not a radical remix. It's more of a, a, a second go of the mix almost. Um, and we were we were happy with how it mm. how it ended up. Well, I love picking favorites, and I've got another one from that album. Did you hear it? That's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that song uh, was actually born out of questions that you might have about life and kind of a wondering like, okay, is there a God? Does God listen? Does God have a plan for my life? Um, and I think those are questions that everybody faces and everybody kind of asks the question, okay, is, is there a greater power out here? And if so, you know, what is this power trying to say to me, uh, if anything? And so there's a lot of questions that form the song. Um, and personally, for me, it came from a place of, okay, God, if you are there, what are you trying to say in my life right now? And so, and it's really interesting because I think some of the best songs really speak from a place of uh, sometimes hurt, sometimes uh, difficulty, and then then you see how God uses that situation, and through that situation, he created this song that I was able to write. I find so many Christians tend to represent themselves and their faith as having an answer to everything. Yeah, I definitely don't have the answers to everything. <laughs> is that just a matter of artificiality, or is it ego that's coming through on that, when Christians say that they have all the answers? I would definitely say I do not have all the answers, and I, I would hope that, that many Christians would also say the same and that they need guidance from other people, they need guidance through prayer and from God. So, yeah, I don't know, Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I would I would say also it, it depends on the, the type of music that you're writing. I think we have, through writing this slightly more reflective question in music, uh, we have a license to, to be you know, super truthful to those questions. I think if you're writing uh, quote-unquote traditional worship music, then I think you have a bit more of a responsibility to to ensure your lyrics are a bit more... Uh, Encouraging. Thank you, yeah. I was thinking in <laughs> Swedish, but I'm just like... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to write a little bit more assured um, lyrics and ones that people feel, right, okay, um, I can sing this and I feel strong uh, about my faith. Okay, now I had brought up about some of my favorites from Salt of the Sound. What are some of the standout tracks for you two? It's a really good question. I think for me, one of my favorite songs is from Echoes of Wonder, which was the album that we released last year. It's called Lighthouse. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs. kind of stuck with me. I also like um, 
there's a refrain on there towards the end called Unveil My Eyes, um, and I like that one as well. The song Lighthouse is really kind of written as an encouragement to other people, kind of saying, go out and do the good that you're doing in your life, in, in the world, because you never know the impact that might have on somebody else. And I think that can be true from a Christian standpoint or from just anybody's standpoint. Just, you know, we should be doing good in the world and spreading uh, positivity. And so the lyrics say, shine your lighthouse into the vastness of the sea and you don't know how you saved me. And it just kind of points to, you never know how you will influence somebody, but just do it anyway, because you're spreading goodness. And Unveil My Eyes is really written as a prayer, just to kind of ask God to help me see things more clearly. And it just reflects on that I don't have all the answers and that I need to seek guidance and wisdom. With your songwriting, how does the process start? With a melody, with a lyric? How does it progress? I think it can vary. I think sometimes it's more of an idea or a concept. Um, when it's a melody that comes, it comes in the strangest times. It used to be that I would think of things in the shower, but recently it's <laughs> been aeroplanes. And I don't know what it is. I'll just be like sitting on an aeroplane and then... And then I'll be like, okay, I've got to get my iPad out to like record this melody. So I'll be like humming to myself quietly, checking no one's like looking. And uh, <laughs> but like in the most bizarre times is when like the good ideas come. So I'll take that, and then and then I kind of develop them from there. But it's it's often a kind of melody or a theme, an idea. I just kind of go with it, and it evolves. And sometimes with the uh, the instrumental tracks, we we start, rather than having a melody or a lyric, uh, we'll start with a title. It could be biblical, it could just be uh, something like Dawn, uh, which is off Echoes of Wonder. And then the, the idea and that kind of the picture that that creates in our minds can then, you know, flow out through how that music is, is created and, and shaped. The music is so pretty, and it's obviously it's so multi-layered. I'm really curious as to how you take the sound of Salt of the Sound and translate that into a live performance. Yeah, so we've done some live shows, uh, kind of more like evening cafe-style events, and it, it is very different to how you hear it on the tracks. And it's more piano, and Ben is a percussionist, so... Uh, piano, different percussion, and sometimes we use some of the synth tracks behind that as well. Um, and so it's a much smaller setup, much more acoustic, but especially with some of the songs that we've written in more recent times, it works, but it, it is a very different sound. I think the funniest thing about your sound is that it doesn't fit into traditional music from Sweden, which is known either for Swedish pop or it's known for metal. So right. when are you guys going to switch your sound to one of those genres? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to do an ABBA cover next. <laughs> yeah, Dancing Queen. Or... Yeah. <laughs> ben and Anita, thanks so much for bringing the music of Salt and the Sound to The Antidote. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for asking yeah. us. Awesome.